Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Retirement Tips Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today we have with us Tom Lashnitz, and he is with Sightings Over 60 blog. Welcome, Tom. Thank you very much. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about your blog. Um, What's the purpose and how did it come about? This is a blog I started after I retired about a little over 10 years ago, semi-retired. And uh, it was it was kind of part of my new semi-working life, and it, and it expanded on on the kind of the consulting and the writing that I was doing. It's geared toward uh, well, the sub the the, the uh, tagline is a baby boomer looks at health, finance, retirement, grown-up children, and how time flies. And the name the name is sightings over over sixty. It started, I started when I was 60 years old. So it started out as sightings at 60, but I had to change the name to sightings over 60. But the idea behind the name is that uh, a lot of people, they they can't see beyond retirement. They, they want to know what the view is from, 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 the, from the other side, as it were. So uh, that, that, that's really the, the point of the title is to give people a, a view or a, a point of view from the other side of retirement, or as as one person suggested, um, it's like sightings of UFOs, and just like UFOs are kind of unknown and mysterious, so is retirement kind of unknown and mysterious. So people are looking for some some sightings and just some uh, feedback about what it's like. So now, what was it like those maybe a year or two prior to retiring? Did you have like a number, like a year, when I reach this year, then I'm going to retire? Like, how did the planning for that moment happen? Well, <laughs> I retired, as the old joke goes. Uh, I went in and told my boss that I couldn't possibly work for him after what he had said to me. And what he said was, you're fired. So uh, that that's how retirement happened to me. And... Uh, I kind of saw it coming for a while, so I was developing my outside life for a couple of years before uh, this had happened. In fact, I had been offered a package when I was maybe early 50s at my company, and it was a voluntary package, which I turned down. And then a few years later, I was offered another package, and that one mandatory. And so I went off to uh, start my new life. And what I did was, Basically, I kept working, um, but I didn't go back to another job. I didn't go back to a nine and uh, nine and five. I was actually inspired by a friend of mine who was a few years older than, than me and actually had been laid off by the same company a couple years before I was. And he was able to arrange uh, for himself some consulting work actually from our old company. And some, he picked up some freelance work and a few other projects from people he knew. 
And he set up an office at home and soon found himself working maybe 20, 30 hours a week to supplement what it was an early retirement income. And the bonus, as he told me, was as soon as I left my job, he said, my back problems went away. I started to eat better, do more exercise. I made half as much money, but I felt twice as good and I'm twice as happy. So when I retired, I tried to uh, pattern what my friend did. And I looked around uh, for some work assignments and I too found work at my old company, which I think a lot of people do if you go out uh, after retirement and are looking for freelance or consultancy work. The people you know, the people who know you and trust you are likely to be in your old, old company or other people in related businesses. And that's where you're very likely to find uh, find the best opportunities. Um, and so that's, that's, that's what I did. So now when you're taking on those um, work opportunities, are you doing it from I need the money standpoint or is this I need something to do standpoint? Because every day you have to do something. And then I would imagine if you work, especially as an executive in a, in a corporate setting, there's a rhythm to life. And then all of a sudden now you're kind of untethered. How does that kind of mental transition happen? Uh, I did it, yes, for the money. Um, I didn't need a lot of money, but I needed some money to supplement what I what I was going to be bringing in in my mid-50s, retirement early. Uh, I did it for the experience because I wanted to do something that I felt I, I, I just felt for myself that um, if someone pays you for something, it's you know it's worth something. Volunteering is all very well and good, and I do some of it. But you just there's that little bit of empty feeling in your gut that says, is this really worth anything if no one's paying me for it? Now, I don't know if everybody feels that way, but I did. And so there was the money and there was the there was the the feedback that the money meant. And as far as the schedule goes, that can be tough. I had a fairly loose job where I worked out of the office a fair amount and I was on the road, not a lot, but some. And so I made a lot of my own hours. So I was used to uh, working on my own. But it, it, it can be a challenge to not go to the office, but to go to your extra bedroom and sit in front of a computer and try to set yourself a schedule. That can be a challenge. Now, doing the blog, um, I would imagine at this stage, that's kind of a passion project. This is a way for you to share and to vent. So there isn't like a, a monetization plan around it necessarily, maybe not yet. But um, well, I do I do make some money off of uh, advertising. You can put advertising on a blog and I do make some money off of that. Uh, not a whole lot, but some. But but for me, the blog is is kind of a package. I, I do some freelance writing. I, for example, I did, um, I've done uh, some columns for the U.S. News Retirement website, and I've um, done a lot of retirement kind of editing and, and writing and consulting. So it's part of the package. In doing this, I do re I'm doing research by doing the blog that helps my other projects. I'm um, coming up with ideas, and also as part of a blog, you are, in a way, you form a bit of a community, so you get feedback from your peers and colleagues, 
And so that gives you some ideas and some feedback about what people are thinking about, what's important, what uh, what you really want to focus your attention on, not just for the blog, but any other audience you might be looking at in the, I mean, I focus on kind of pre-retirement, retirement, baby boomer type people. So I know what people are, are thinking about and what's important because you also get feedback from your blog. You know how many people look at a particular article, you know how many comments you get. So you know, you know what, what people are, are responding to. So now what are some of the concerns from your audience? What are their issues that are pressing for them? Well, uh, right now it's coronavirus. <laughs> There's no question about it. Uh, the, you know, as you know, the, um, the, uh, the older you are, the more susceptible you are to this disease. And so anybody over 60, everybody over 70 is much more worried about this disease than, than people who are younger. So that's been something that's kind of taken over the, the, uh, the interest of people in the last, how long has it been? Five months, six months, something like that. But what I find in general is that people are not looking for advice so much, although occasionally, occasionally it helps. For example, I'd, I did, an, I did an article a couple months ago called Can We Live Forever? And it was basically health advice. And, of course, everybody wanted to look at that and add their two cents about how they're going to live to 100. So advice is looked for. But I think more people are looking for engagement. Some of, the, some of my most popular articles are I have a kind of a series I've started called Stuff I Don't Understand. And people respond to kind of, my own confusion about what's going on in the world and uh, and add to that and sometimes clarify, but mostly just uh, empathize with, with one another. So it's engagement, it's advice, but it's engagement even more than that. Now, how do you see, um, how do kind of the, the people who are reading the blog, how do they see themselves? Are they, because at one point this group was called seniors and now they're called boomers and now young people use boomers as kind of a kind of a negative term to mean like kind of out of touch. How do kind of your community see themselves? Uh, if you could come up with an appropriate name for us, uh, it would be wonderful. <laughs> you go down in history. I remember I, one, I, I mentioned I do volunteer at our, our local center for learning and retirement at our local university, uh, Delaware Valley University. And uh, we had a, a big discussion about we, we, uh, one of the women there started a podcast and she wanted to uh, tagline who it was for. Didn't want to call us seniors, didn't want to call us boomers, didn't want to call us anything like that. She came up with lifelong learners, which is another euphemism that doesn't quite fit. So, like I said, uh, people want to be thought of as being younger, prettier, stronger and sexier than they really are. And in that sense, we're the same as everybody else. Now, once you um, retired and then you got in the rhythm of retirement with your mix of work um, and then volunteering and all the stuff you're doing, probably traveling, seeing your family in different parts of the country, how did that um, 
was that a big shift where you were like, wow, there's no pressing deadlines or, hey, I don't have to do that, you know, regular report that I used to have to run. And, you know, when the rhythm shifts, were you able, was that something kind of easy for you or was that something like you noticed and it was like, oh, wow. Uh, I, I worked, I worked to dead, I worked to deadlines. <laughs> uh, if I don't have a deadline, I don't get it done. So uh, the way I worked was I would get a job or get an assignment and I would uh, get a, uh, a, an objective and a date. And that's what I would work toward. And the day to day nine to five didn't bother, didn't, didn't worry me. I knew I had to get it done by such and such a date and I knew what I had to do. And so I did it. But that's kind of the way I worked throughout my career. Uh, I didn't have to put in time. I had to produce certain things. And so uh, there might have been a few days when I procrastinated beyond what was uh, advisable. But for the most part, uh, I worked for a deadline. The, the other side of that coin, which is not so good, and that is if I don't have an assignment, if I don't have a deadline, I have trouble getting started which some people find as a problem as well, is, is initiating initiating um, uh, action to get yourself a job, to get yourself to the next level, to get yourself uh, a, a better or more interesting assignment. So boredom isn't an issue for you because you're always finding some things to do that have deadlines, so you're working towards something at all times? I always say if you weren't if you were not bored at work, you won't be bored in retirement. And if you were bored at work, here's your chance not to be bored anymore. Um, a lot of people, you know, they by the time they're retired, they're sick and tired of their jobs. They'd rather do pretty much anything else. They're bored. Here's the chance to try something new. And whether it's um, finding another job or going freelance or or um, in anything else, anything that keep people engaged in something that they feel is important, that's the way to uh, to ward off boredom. Um, I reminded of a guy I met. Uh, this was a couple of years ago at a actually actually it was at a retirement seminar, seminar, and this fellow stood up and he and he told the crowd that he had retired from IBM about three years before. And he used to run a department and have people reporting to him. And he had a pretty good salary and some stock options. And he wasn't shy about it, spending his money on a, on a big house. And he had three cars and took a yearly trip to Europe. After he retired, he felt he had no purpose in life. He was wandering around the house. And he said, I knew I had to do something when I was following my wife around in the grocery store. So he figured he had to find a new, something new in his life. So... Uh, he made some calls for people he knew around town where he lives, looking for anything to do that he thought might be useful. And first he found a, uh, an opening at Habitat for Humanity where they needed someone, so he joined up there. And then the local senior center needed a volunteer there. And pretty soon he was connected to the community, not to make money, but to be engaged in the community, to make new friends, to have another reason to get up in the morning and become engaged. So as he told us, he sold his big house, moved into a condominium. He doesn't really travel anymore. And uh, it doesn't bother him because now he doesn't define himself as an IBMer anymore. He doesn't worry about the money. He defines himself as a volunteer and he keeps score by 
not much how much money he makes, but how much he helps the community, how much people uh, respond to him, and uh, how much he feels important in his group. And so it's a shift of attitude that that he took that I've begun to take a little bit myself, but I'm still got one foot in the virtual world. So I still <laughs> I still like a paycheck now and then. Now, do you find that in the community there is um, when you get to a certain age and you're closer to the end than the beginning, you start looking back and going, okay, I have to make a mark. I want to have a legacy. I want to, you know, let people know that I've been here. Uh, do those thoughts start creeping in and you start working towards maybe some of those impact goals rather than financial goals? Maybe. Um, uh, I, I guess maybe I like to think that I'm not that old yet, Lee. Um, but one thing that I did realize uh, not too long after retirement, and that is you think you're making a mark at work. But a year after you leave, two years after you leave, they barely remember you. So um, uh, it's not necessarily as important as you think. Sure, uh, it, it, your job supported you and your family, and it was very important. And maybe you had a few things, and you had colleagues and friends. And along the way, you did some things that were important. But but after you're gone, uh, um, what's the... Um, uh, the old saying about how the, the, the players only love you when you're playing. Once you're done with that, uh, you find that it's not uh, so present in your life. So you look for things in the community, and I'm feeling that maybe the community has a longer-lasting effect, but I, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see, because I'm now in the transition between spending more time at work and more time in the community, and we'll see what happens. So now you're a few years in, are you, do you like it better? Like what, how do you feel about where you're at right now? Do you wish like, man, I would, would have rather just stuck it out for a few more years. I wish I could have hung around there or is, are you kind of embracing where you're at now? I have met very few people who don't love retirement. You always hear a couple of uh, examples of someone who gets bored and goes back to work. But for the most part, me included, People love retirement. Um, you know, it, it, it's the freedom. It's the, the lack of stress. It's being your own boss. There's so many things to recommend the retirement. Um, I think back to the old, uh, do you remember the Mamas and Papas song, uh, go where you want to go, mm -hmm. do what you want to do? Yeah. So in retirement, you get to go where you want to go. Uh, most people, when they retire, you know, stay at home where they have their family and their friends, but Many people move to Florida or Arizona or Hawaii or they go to Mexico or Costa Rica. You can go wherever you want. Hey, if that's what you want to do, go for it. Also, after you retire, there's no one telling you what to do. You don't have to live up to the expectations of your parents or your teachers. You don't have to please your boss or your shareholders. You don't even have to spend so much time trying to impress your friends. You're, you're beyond that. You can do what you want, whether it's a long-held dream that's never been realized and you're going to start something new or whether there's something new that just popped up on your bucket. So there's a lot of freedom and a lot of um, opportunity in retirement. Was there anything that was a fear uh, that maybe you were apprehensive about uh, that you realized wasn't something you should have feared? Money. That's what I feared, that I would not have enough money to afford retirement. 
and I've done okay. Partly because, uh, you know, Social Security is a great thing. We all hate it when we're paying our payroll tax when we're younger, but it's, we love it when, when we start getting it. Partly, I'll admit it, partly because the uh, stock market has been very good for the last 10 years. And so my IRA and 401ks are, are supporting me very well. But also I feel in doing part-time work after I retire, I have some control over my finances. If I start running a little thin, I can always, you know, get up off my bum and, and find more work it, uh, and, and make some more money. So that gives me a, a little bit of control. So I worried about financing my retirement. It's much less of a worry than I thought it would be. So now any advice for those retirees that are thinking about uh, putting their thoughts into into words like you've done with your blog? Has there been any challenges about the blog, getting that going, getting a rhythm to write, you know, getting it out to get more people to pay attention to it? Uh, any advice in that area? <laughs> I would advise people, do not blog. I don't need the competition. Uh, there are a lot of blogs out there, and um, honestly, it used to be you could make more money with the advertising, but ever since the uh, ad block came in, uh, uh, you make less on that. It really has to be, especially now, a labor of love. Um, what's more popular now, of course, and I know a number of people are doing it, instead of blogging, podcasting, and vlogs, which are essentially video blogs and the people are doing that, but I have not done that. So myself, so uh, I, I can't give specific advice except that that's kind of where the trend is going into vlogs and podcasts. But what are some ways that you're kind of um, building your audience through blogging? I, you build it through uh, consistency by blogging on a consistent basis so people don't forget who you are, by uh, producing interesting material that people respond to, and uh, by uh, persistence. No one's going to find your blog or your podcast or your vlog in the first um, six months. You have to keep at it and slowly you build an audience. Unless you come up to something like a super cute cat video or something and, and you get lucky and uh, go viral, but most people don't. They build it over a longer period of time. So when did you know, uh, were there any clues that you knew that your blog was going to get some traction, that you were on the right track? Uh, yes. I mean, I think that it's, a, as I said, it's a slow build. So you, as long as you don't plateau, you feel like you're making progress. By plateau, I mean... Uh, you know how many visitors you get. You know how many followers you have. You know how many how many readers and comments you have. So, I'm up to about uh, I get about between twenty and thirty thousand um, hits per month, and I'm still going up. So I figure I'm still uh, um, you know it's still worthwhile to do. So now uh, in your retirement. Uh this is the future. Is this just more of this more traveling, more spending time with your family, more blogging, more writing. And then you think the work will slowly taper off. Uh, 
sometimes when I think that, then I get surprised. Uh, you know, I was I was beginning to think that because I stopped writing my um, column for U.S. News and Retirement, so I thought I uh, I was pulling back, and then all of a sudden there's a website for men over 50 called Manopause. So now suddenly they were in t touch with me, and so some of my stuff is appearing on on Manopause. So when one thing goes away, something else something else comes up. So my own attitude is, you know, I'm going to just keep going until someone tells me to stop. And that's a, a thing about life, right? You, as long as you just keep doing the work and showing up, opportunities appear. And when you're, um, when you're enjoying yourself, when you don't feel like you're uh, carrying a heavy load at work, then, uh, then you like it. The uh, fellow I mentioned in the beginning who kind of inspired me to, after I retired, start my own consulting and freelance business. Um, he's now, he's older than I am. He's well into his seventies. He's still working. And I, I was on the phone with him recently and I said, well, Brian, his name is Brian. I said, well, you know, you, you're into your seventies. Uh, you're getting any plans to retire? He told me, why should I? I really retired 15 years ago. Now I love what I'm doing. Yep, that's a that's a great lesson. If you love what you're doing, it doesn't matter what you call it. <laughs> that's for sure. So now if somebody wanted to um, check out your blog, uh, what is the coordinates? The the um, website is sightings at 60.blogspot.com. But if you go on uh, Google search and you put in sightings at 60, sightings over 60, any variation of that, they'll find it because I'm up uh, kind of higher on the on the list of the Google of the Googles. So you might have to uh, see a, a, a UFO sighting before you get to sightings over sixty, but you'll find me. And sightings at, at sixty is the number sixty spelled out uh, in numerical form, right? Not spelled yeah. out. If you if you Google it, you can spell it out or put in sixty. It doesn't matter. I spell it out because of the alliteration. Sightings at sixty. Right. Um, Good. So, but it's sightings, S-I-G-H-T-I-N-G-S, those kinds of sightings. Right. As in UFO sightings. <laughs> Good stuff, so Tom. But our, my UFO is retirement. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, it's an amazing story, and congratulations on all the success. And, and I'm so happy that you're enjoying where you're at and you're sharing what you're learning so others uh, can smooth out, flatten their learning curve a little bit. Well, thank you very much, and I wish everybody well. Retirement, it's wonderful. All right. That was Tom Lashnitz with Sightings at 60 blog. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Retirement Tips Radio. Retirement Tips Radio is brought to you by Business Radio X, the voice of business in your community. Currently serving over 25 markets, the Business Radio X network is growing fast. We're teaming up with retired execs and established entrepreneurs to support and celebrate local business leaders. If you'd like to make additional income while making a difference, discover more at brxteam.com.